potentially a dumb name, doesn't matter. The story sounds interesting, so tell it. I deserve Miss Stone's choice of payment. It's not a stupid name. You two are being rude. Oh, Shepard. I'm sorry. Come now. Just tell your story. The name is fine. Hmm. Like I was saying, this is Shepard's Fire. WCUG Cougar Radio presents the last episodic storyline of the summer edition for Stone Cold Mysteries called Stone Cold Stories. We have decided to take a short hiatus from the regular episodes to bring you background information about private investigator Samantha Stone and police chief Carter Shepard, as well as engaging in lighter mysteries like theft or missing person cases. As for the answer to May's murder, you will have to wait for the beginning of Columbus State's next semester to find out. But you can revisit each episode on SoundCloud at 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio, just in case you need a reminder. So don't worry, and please pay attention, for this drama is getting serious. It's morning in the quaint city of London, June 16, 1876. The welcome sun curls over the horizon. Covering the streets in a warm glow as young Carter Shepard follows the rays of light and haste. A few fervent knocks on the door brings an annoyed Mr. Stone to the door as a sweet Samantha Stone tries to come too. A panicked look on Shepard's face brings a frown to Mr. Stone's face as the little boy catches his breath. A fire in Shepard's heart burns to solve crime, which is as much a reality as it is a metaphor. Will the day be saved or will it crumble into smoky ashes? Well, let's tune in and find out. What do you want, boy? Sir, please. I need to talk to Samantha. No. You will tell me your business here and the reason why your face looks like it had seen a ghost. And then I decide whether you get to talk to her. But, sir, we haven't got much time. Then you best speak quickly, right? <sighs> okay. Look, if I just have her by my house and someone almost died, she kept on muttering that it was murder, murder and arson. But the police just say it was a freak accident. She's willing to pay for someone to figure out this crime she thinks was committed, especially since it was her church. She wants retribution for, uh... Shepard points to the sky discreetly. Him. Hmm. The police said it was an accident, right? They are the adults. It was an accident. But, sir... If they said it was an accident, then it was an accident. She's not going with you. Father, please let me go. I'm terribly bored here doing nothing. Last time I saw you, you were reading. But this seems more entertaining. Besides, I want to go outside. I'm not letting you go to some fire snooping around just to get yourself killed with this boy. But, Father... That's a no, and that's final. Get back inside. Yes, Father. But at least let me talk to Carter first. Please? Fine. But don't be long. He goes back inside. He really doesn't like me, does he? It's not that he doesn't like you. It's just that whenever you come here, it's for a case. I think he associates you with death. What? Seriously? Yes, it's true. The only reason I don't come here for anything else is because he's so mean. I need a solid reason and a plan to go up against your father. But maybe having a plan that only consists of danger isn't exactly smart. You think? You're lucky he's even letting me talk to you now. And I'm guessing the only reason he is letting me talk to you is because you're a kid like me. Why is he so against cases and stuff? Despite it being a danger to his only kid who happens to be a lady? I think it's because of my mother. Your mother? Yes. She died when I was born. I don't think he can handle losing someone else. Oh. It's okay. I miss her... But I never knew her, so maybe I don't miss her, but I want her. A mother. 
I'm not sure. Anyway, what was the case about exactly? Oh, uh, I don't have a lot of details yet, but it was a fire that wrecked most of the church downtown. The lady was muttering something about how all of the offerings and the money books were inside of the church. She was unhappy about that, and that's really all I know. I came here as fast as I could. Well, the only things that I can really tell you about this case is, first, make sure you get the statements from everyone who was crucial for the church and who were there when the fire happened. Second, try to find a motive for the arson. It would probably revolve around the offerings. Third, look for a point of origin in the church. Any arson has a point of origin, which would cause that part of the church to be way more burned than any other. If the fire isn't relatively uniform, making the burn marks relatively the same, then it was arson. Lastly, look for a fire starter and what could have been the reason for the arson. Also, when you enter the church, be sneaky about it, okay? That's the only way that you will get anything done. How will I know who did it? Usually it's the person who has a lot to gain by this fire, and the most motive. Also, pay attention to the point of origin. Wherever the fire started is most likely the motive. Okay, I gotta go back in before my father starts to get unnecessarily worried. Goodbye, Carter. Bye. Stone goes back in, and Shepard starts running back towards the fire. That's a lot to remember. But if this is awesome, I've got to do this right. For the church lady and for Samantha. What you doing, Huthy? Doodling. Can you doodle? Can I doodle? I can't get it out of my noodle. How come? Because I love you. A bushel and a peck. A bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck. Ouch! Hug around the neck and a barrel and a heap. Barrel and a heap and I'm talking in my sleep about you. About me? Yes, about you. My heart is leaping, having trouble sleeping. Cause I love you. A bushel and a peck. You bet your pretty neck I do. Do you like me, Perry? Oh, very. Do you like me, Hutton? Like a glutton! So where's your como button? <gasps> I love you. A bushel and a peck. How much? A bushel and a peck. Though you make my heart a wreck. Make my heart a wreck. Can you make my life a mess? Make my life a mess. It's a mess of happiness. About you. About me? Yes, about you. You're gonna grieve me if and you ever leave me. Cause I love you. A bushel and a peck. You bet your birdie neck I do. getting kind of quiet around here. Well, we can fix that, fairy boy. Let's go! I love you A bushel and a peck A bushel and a peck And it beats me all the heck Beats me all the heck How I'll ever tend the farm Ever tend the farm When I want to keep my arms About you About you The cows and chickens Let them go to the dickens Cause I love Bushel and the peck, you bet your 
getting kind of quiet again. Do 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 An octave lower, please. Do 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 do. Shepherd arrives at the burn church. Firemen and policemen are there, along with three women, a man, a little girl, and boy. Shepherd walks up to the old lady who is pacing back and forth, upset. Um, ma'am. It's Miss Weeks. You came back. I said I would. But you said you were bringing a little detective. Her dad wouldn't let her leave, but she told me everything I needed to know. I hope so. You're my last resort. So what exactly happened? When did the fire start, and who was there? I was inside the church, just cleaning the pews. I thought I heard something in the back room where the books are done, so I went back to check, and the window was open. I walked around the room to find the noise, but I couldn't find anything, so I took a seat. It smelled quite pungent in there, but I wasn't able to pinpoint the smell because that's when the fire started, and my nose isn't what it used to be. I'm quite blessed to have been able to hobble out of the room and through the window because the fire was a flash one. The whole room went up in flames, and soon after the church. The fire started early this morning before everyone was there. But when I got out, that couple over there, the little child right there, and Albert Smith, my treasurer, who was right there, were out here. Do you think there's a reason for an arsonist? And who would be the person you suspect? I have a suspicion. I know that we've been doing some good work here, but a few weeks ago, I noticed that money started disappearing from our offering safe that is used for the betterment of the church and the needy. But the books were saying we still had that money. I believe my treasurer, Albert Smith, might have had something to do with it. Well, I'll go talk to him after I get some evidence. Thank you, Mrs. Wicks. Shepherd leaves and goes to the couple that was in front of the church. Ma'am, sir, can I take a moment of your time? Sure. Is it something to do with the fire, young men? Yes. I just wanted to know when you came here and what you saw. Well, we came here a little after the fire started. It was all blaze, and we saw Mrs. Wicks barreling out of the window, coughing and spotting with smoke coming out from behind her. Oh, and we also saw Smith watching the fire, coughing and waving the smoke away. Then we saw him run to the fire bell and ring it. After that, the firefighters came. All in all, it took thirty minutes for all of this to take place, and another ten to get the fire to quit. Did you do anything besides stare at the fire? Of course, I ran to Mrs. Wicks' aid. I had my wife stay here, though. If anything happened, I I couldn't. I just can't have the love of my life die. I understand. Is that all? As we know of, that kid over there, though, was here before we were. Thanks. Shepherd runs over to the kid that is staring up at the fire. Hello, I've got some questions to ask about. Oh, hi, Reginald. What are you doing here? Oh, hi, Carter. I was just playing outside, and I saw a frog, so I chased it here. Then all of a sudden, the fire started. Did you find anything? Yeah, I caught the frog. He was just as shocked as I was. See, look at Mr. Harpy. Reginald shoves the frog in Shepherd's face, and it ribbits. No, I mean, did you find anything suspicious or see something weird? Oh, you mean like in Mrs. Marvin's murder? Well, I noticed that that guy was here, and then I saw him come out from behind the church from where I was standing. The guy had a bottle in his hand, and then threw it in the bushes over there when that couple arrived on the scene. Then he rung the fire bell. That's about it. Did you see where the fire started? I think it started around the back. Now can I take Mister Hoppy home? 
I don't even know why you stuck around, but I'm glad you did. I got some good evidence from you. Reginald laughs at the frog and at ribbits again when they leave. Shepard runs over to the bushes that Reginald pointed out and fishes around for the bottle. Ah, there it is. Ooh, this is alcohol. I can smell it from here. I'd know that smell anywhere. Mr. Smith must have been drinking when he came here. I wonder why he was here in the first place. Shepard runs to Smith. What? Do you need something? I I just wanted to see if you saw anything about the fire. What are you, a cop? Not yet. Besides, I'm not even old enough to be one. Whatever. I don't have to say anything to a snot-nosed kid. That's the point. But I just want to know... The fire started. I saw it. I rang the fire bell. Now kindly shut up. And leave me alone, child. But... I said, leave. Smith gets in Shepard's face and he backs up and then leaves. Jeez. He must be popular in parties. I guess I better go look in the church. Shepard goes into the church very sneakily. He walks around the church. Samantha told me to look for the point of origin, where the fire started. She said that it would be the most burned. I guess the most logical place to look is in the back, where Miss Wicks was stuck. This is definitely the point of origin. And that smell is... wrong. But it smells vaguely of alcohol and cigarettes. And... Something else. Shepard looks around and sees a cabinet in a bookshelf that looks a lot more burned than the rest of the room, and it's open. He walks over and sees that the cabinet is warped and all the contents are burned completely and a slightly different ash on the bottom of the cabinet. He touches it and takes some to sniff. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I I solved the case. I, I just gotta ask Miss Wicks something first. Shepard runs out of the church, luckily not noticed, and runs to Wicks. So, child, there's not a fire anymore. When the fire started, did you hear anything weird? Mm, I did hear a sort of bang, but I just thought it was my ears acting up. I am getting old, you know. I solved the case! I solved the case! I know who did it, but you gotta help me. Anything? What do you need me to do? At some point during the investigation, police officers arrived to the scene because of the commotion about a could-be arson. Wicks flags them down. Oh, Mr. Police Officers! I figured out who the arsonist is. You have? Yes, Albert Smith. She says this loud enough for Smith to hear. He comes over angrily. What? You burn the church. <laughs> what? You must be crazy. Hardly. You burn the church because of the money books. You were stealing funds from the church but didn't change the books. You are the treasurer. You had the means to do it. Then you thought I was getting suspicious, so you burned the evidence. But if you only burned the books, I'd know it was you. So you started the fire, and so it could be blamed on circumstance. And how could I possibly start it without getting myself blown up, huh? Blown up? What an interesting choice of words. How would you know that there was a possibility of being blown up if you didn't know that the fire was started using a clever mix of gunpowder and cigarettes as the lighter and a very generous use of alcohol around the room to keep it burning? You're crazy! A senile old bat! You can't possibly believe this. I don't know. It seems probable to me. Besides, you do seem a little inebriated to me. I can smell alcohol on you. You have no proof. Well, I talked to a little kid, and he said that you had a bottle of alcohol in your hands before you rang the fire bell. If we could find that bottle anywhere near here, you would be condemned. So you actually don't have evidence? Well, no, but... Then we can't exactly detain him. Find the evidence first. Well, can I go then? Yes. But he did it! Whatever, you old bat. Smith leaves, but then starts walking quickly to the bush that the bottle was thrown in. 
He looks behind him to make sure no one is watching and then starts to fish around the bush. He finds it and stands triumphantly, only to turn around and be greeted by Shepard, Wicks, and the police. Seems he couldn't let anyone find that, even though he wasn't the arsonist. <laughs> I-, I can explain. So can I. You thought you could burn the books and get away with arson and stealing. Maybe even murder if you were lucky enough to get Mrs. Wicks caught in the fire. You decided that if you rang the bell and had people see you ring the bell, you could move suspicion away from you. Besides, no one really believed that it was arson. Too bad Mrs. Wicks was smart enough to know otherwise, and she had faith in me to solve it. I'd call that divine retribution, Albert. You should have believed. Uh, Shut up, you stupid hag! You didn't even need that money! I have debts! You're right. I don't need the money. But the church does, and so do the children on the streets. If I recall, your debts are from gambling, are they not? Actually, I should have killed you, not burned the books! I think that's all the evidence we need to arrest you. What? You know, if you just shut up, you could have been in the clear. But now we have a confession. You're under arrest, Albert Smith. They take him away, yelling curses. Wicks looks at Shepard. Thank you, young man. I couldn't have done it without you. It was my pleasure. Thanks for believing in me. If there's anything I can do, it's believing. Now run home. Your folks must be worried. Bye. Shepard runs home on cloud nine. Wow, Shepard. I'm still quite impressed about how you solved that case. Yeah! And you had no evidence either. Good thing the arsonist was drunk and stupid. Yes, and that made things a little more difficult. Most of the conclusion was just bluffing to get him to confess. I knew he couldn't have been arrested over a bottle of alcohol. I heard later, though, from Mrs. Wicks that they found gunpowder in his pockets. Wow. He wasn't too bright, was he? Oh, but you were, Shepard. Well, thanks, Stone. But I would have been lost if you hadn't told me what you did about arson. You still solved it, though. And that's quite impressive. Oh, stop gushing. I want another story. Shepard looks at his pocket watch. I think I have time for one more short story. Oh, oh, then the perfect one is about Cindy's dog, right? Oh, yes. That was pretty easy. What's Cindy's dog? Well, a kid in our class named Cindy lost her dog and then came to us to find it. It was a dreadfully easy and boring case, but Shepard insisted on helping. We had to take all cases to get our name out there, but yes, it was kind of easy. That's an understatement. If she had just used her brain a little bit instead of sniffling and whining the whole time, she could have found the dog herself. Ah, just tell me the story. Fine. Here's the story of Sydney's dog, Sasha. Tell me why. Why the stars in the sky are well, the same kind of stars that I see in your eyes. I love you, yes, I do.
It's midday in the lazy streets of London, June 28, 1876. Saturday mornings keep people warm in bed or at home, but a bright-eyed Samantha Stone and an enthusiastic Carter Shepard break the silence and inhabit the sidewalks. Shepard looks ready to burst with information while Stone was left in the dark. When Shepard sheds some light on this rough situation, will Stone give chase or will she leave Shepard to bark up his own trees? Well, let's tune in and find out. I'm glad your old man let you come this time. Well, you're learning. This time you didn't tell him that there was a fire, or a dead person, or a robbery, or some other thing that would obviously make him worry. Yes, well, he was still skeptical about the whole park thing, since you don't exactly play around like other kids. But he believed me. He let you go. Yes. Yes, he did. Now, can you quit the theatrics and just tell me what this case is about already? Okay, okay, fine. It's, uh, a missing persons case. Really? Well, that's actually pretty nifty. Who are we finding? Well, a cute uh, brown-haired girl. Her mom reported her missing when she ran away from home two days ago. She requests that she be found immediately. Well, obviously. So we're looking for a child, then. Do we have a name or an age for the kid? Her name is Sasha, and she's four. Okay. Well, let's hurry up and talk to the mother. Shepard leads them to the house where the missing persons originated from. Soon they arrive to the house where a pigtailed young girl is standing outside calling the name Sasha. Hey, Cindy, we're here. Carter, you're back. And you brought her. Pleased to see you again, too, Cindy. Cindy sneers and Stone rolls her eyes. Ugh, whatever. Come on, Carter. We're here to talk to the mother about the missing persons case. Shepard lingers back, twiddling his thumbs while Stone starts to walk up to the door. Carter, come on. What's the problem? Well, the mother is kind of Cindy. What? Are you crazy? She can't have a four-year-old child. Uh, Oh my gosh. Look, look, don't get mad. Um, I may have lied a little bit when I said it was a missing person's case. Oh my gosh. No, no, this is not what I think. Yeah, you're finding my sweet little doggy Sasha, moron. Stone looks at Cindy and then at Shepard, wide-eyed and angry. I said don't be mad. I'm going home. She starts to walk off when Shepard runs in front of her. No, 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 don't. We've got to help her. You might, but I don't have to, nor do I want to. And I'm not wasting my time on some nitwit's dog. Say that to my face, Jack. Come on, Samantha. We have to solve any and every case. We can get our name out there. You know that. Stone just stares at him. Come on. She said she would pay us. Yeah, before I knew who would be helping. Stone still looks angry, staring him down. Come on, Sammy. Do it for your career. Please. Ugh, fine. I'll do it. But never call me Sammy again! Deal. Okay, Cindy, run us through what happened. Well, she ran away from home two days ago. My mom said she probably went to see that stray dog we've seen around the house. But when she wanders, she always comes back within an hour or two. She's never, ever out this long. Never. I think she's been kidnapped. I couldn't believe that anyone would ever want to steal something from you. What? Was there anything weird going on with the dog before she ran away? Yeah, I guess so. She started wanting more food all of a sudden. My mom told me to quit feeding her before she got fat, but it was too late. She got bigger 
and quickly. So I tried to play with her more for exercise, but she didn't want to. She got really lazy. She just slept a whole bunch. Plus, she started being meaner to me at points in time, probably because I wanted her to exercise. Yes. Do you know where she got out in your house? How she was able to run away? You do have a fence, right? Yes. I don't know how she got out, but we can check the backyard if you want. Yes. Take us there. Cindy takes them to the backyard where Shepard and Stone look around. <sighs> well, there's your problem. Seriously? Did you not see the hole in your fence? No. I... Actually, I didn't. Obviously. Do you know where the dog could have gone? No. But I know she liked walking in the woods with me. Hey, Samantha. Come look at this. What is it? It looks like throw up on the other side of the fence. It's probably the dog's. Has your dog been sick, Cindy? Well, she would throw up from time to time in the mornings, but my mom said it was because I was feeding her too much. I guess that could be a reason. Cindy, was there anything weird about your dog that happened recently, like within the last week before she ran? Anything at all. And this is important. Hmm. Oh, actually, she did start to eat less and walk around more recently, and she wasn't sleeping very much anymore. But whatever she did, she was always tired. But that's what you get for being so restless and not sleeping. Tired? Why do you say that? You know, because she was panting all the time and getting yucky slobber everywhere. Were there any caves or tunnels on your walks through the woods you went on with her? No, but there was that big tree that came up off the ground a bit, so you could crawl underneath there and hide. Sometimes if we were out there when it started to rain, we would run under the tree and wait. We would be safe and dry. Shouldn't you have known if it was going to rain? I have to walk her every day, Carter. It's what you have to do when you have a dog. Ah, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. I figured it out. I solved the case. I know where she went and why. Take me to that tree. Cindy nods quickly and the three run through the fence and off into the woods. About ten minutes later, they get to the tree and see the stray dog outside of the tree and it starts to bark. That's not Sasha. That's that dumb stray. What's your problem, Samantha? Sasha is under the tree, Cindy. I'm sure of it. Why would she be under the tree? Because it's safe, and she wants to deal with whatever she's going through without people encroaching on her territory. Dolls can be like that. Do what? Give birth. She was pregnant. What? It's true, and I can't believe you were stupid enough not to know. All those weird things you explained to me were symptoms of a dog being pregnant. It's so obvious. Well... You aren't sure about it because we haven't seen them, so there. Oh, stop being like that. Just go over and look if you don't believe me. The three walk over to the tree slowly as the stray runs inside the tree. The three peer in to see Sasha and four cute puppies around her. Aww, they're so cute! Yes, they are. I've got to tell my mom. Thanks, you guys. She runs off back for home. Stone continues to look at the pups. <laughs> they're so adorable! How did you know Sasha was pregnant? I already explained that. No. I mean, how did you know the symptoms of a dog's pregnancy? I don't know. I guess I read it somewhere. I guess I thought it would be important. When would that ever be important? Where do you even read that? Hey, it was important in this case, wasn't it? You read too much. And this case was stupidly easy, wasn't it? But... But? But the end was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Wow. Comes from the girl who didn't want to do this at all. Oh, whatever. Can we go now? 
Don't you want to go back and get the payment from Cindy? No. She was never going to pay us. All she wanted was her dog to be found, and she was going to say anything to get that. That's why she asked kids to do it. Because they're gullible. So then why'd you take the case? You asked. You seemed pretty adamant that this would help our career, so I did it. Besides, I think seeing the puppies was payment enough. This could be a once-in-a-lifetime event. Never took you for a romantic, Samantha. But I've got to agree with you on that. Let's go. Shepard and Stone leave the forest to go back home. I thought you said the case was boring, Miss Stone. And you agreed with her, Chief. It was boring. That case was incredibly boring. I hardly call finding puppies boring. That wasn't the case, though. The case was to find one dog. The puppies were extra and just happened to be part of the conclusion. You lied to me on a technicality? More like kept it a secret for a fun surprise at the end. I thought the story was better because of it. I mean, it wasn't as exciting as the other cases, but the puppies were quite satisfying for a case that was otherwise not worth our time. It was really cool! I want another story. Another one! I've got to get back to the station, Half Pint. I've already wasted enough time as it is. Hey! It wasn't a waste of time. For one, it was our payment. And for two, you were enjoying it just as much as the rest of us. It was really fun. All right, all right. It wasn't a waste of time per se. But I'm still on duty right now. I can't stay here any longer unless you want me to lose my job. I thought you were the boss, Chief. You can do anything you want. <laughs> Goodbye, Charlie. Shepard walks towards the door and Stone follows him. I'll walk you out. Charlie, read a book or something. I'll be back. Shepard and Stone walk out as Stone closes the door behind him. So, what's the issue? You never walk me out. Tell me the truth. Excuse me? Tell me the truth. That case about the husband and his affair. You solved it way before you came here. Didn't you? What? Are you crazy? I didn't solve it. That's why I came to you. Liar! I know you, Carter Shepard. The case may have stumped you when you were little, but you're a great cop. This one was way too easy for you to need my help with it. You've solved similar cases and harder ones before without needing my help. So it was an off day. What's the big deal? Cut it, Carter. Why are you really here? Shepard smiled and cupped her cheek with his hand and looked at her in the eyes. I think that's on a need-to-know basis, don't you think? It's for me to know and you to find out. Shepard leans in close to her face before he puts his hat on her head, slightly covering her eyes, and walks off, leaving her confused. Be seeing you, Stone. And that ends our last episode of the Stone Cold Stories Collection. Did you like it? Tell us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio or Twitter at Cougar Radio WCUG. Also, check these episodes out on SoundCloud at 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. Lastly, this collection happens in between May's murder, A Bloody Masquerade, and the first murder for the fall semester in September. So get ready for a scene that ties them together. So tune in next time to hear the solution for A Bloody Masquerade and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.